Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Burrows, and as always, I'm joined by my illustrious co-host and good friend, tag team partner, Mr. Adam Cousins. Adam, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you sending that rain my way, though? Yeah, it's going. It's about to pour down your way, mate. It's about to... It was a shock. In England, it's raining. Uh, but, Adam, we are here with another <laughs> amazing interview. Uh, when we started this podcast and this show and the YouTube... Uh, we said there's a few people that we'd like to get on. Mm. Uh, one of them people are here with us now. Uh, someone that we've wanted to get on this show for a long, long time. Someone that we spoke about uh, a lot uh, on our show. Adam, you are the king of the intro, my friend. Who have we got today? Before we do that, I just want to say two things uh, just before we start. One thing is we want to send well wishes to John Moxley and Adam Cole uh, after mm. their injuries last night at Dynamite. Adam Cole obviously had an ankle injury. Moxley got a very, looks like a very nasty concussion with his match with Ray Phoenix. The so first thing is first, we want to send their well wishes to them. Definitely, most definitely. Second thing is, and the one thing we are not talking about today it is a very kind of saddish day for a lot of people in WWE. They are doing roster cuts right now. This show is not going to be about that at all. We wouldn't even ask our guest anything about that it's about our guest and his great career and everything that he's doing and we may talk about that next week on the show or maybe during our raw review but we are definitely not mentioning that today and we do say anyone that's left the wwe today the door of opportunity will always be open elsewhere and i'm sure it'll be fine anyway enough of that let's get on with our guest i mean our guest was tough enough he not only was it he won it a three-time hardcore champion he had a, he's had the massive claim to fame was one of being one of only few people eliminated the Undertaker from the Royal Rumble, albeit I don't think anybody else got the kicking afterwards that he got. Um, <laughs> Not the arse whooping that he got. Yeah, it was it was amazing for us to see. But he's also a massive now YouTube sensation uh, with 104,000 view uh, subscribers in two months. Six. It's 106 now. Six. Hundred oh, cool. I've got to make sure I get those <laughs> in. I mean, one of us is one of them is us, by the way. We 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 will that. But it is uh Maven Huff and Maven, uh, hello and welcome to the show. Thank thank you guys so much for uh for having me. And I know we're not gonna talk about it, but I, I will say this about the roster cuts. I was involved in in a similar roster cut like that in 2005. Um, it was a, during the summer and they, they released a bunch of guys me included. Um, so just to everyone who is involved in that, know that, that bigger and better things might be coming your way. Yeah. So, yeah. So just keep your head up and, and I know, I, I mean, I know it was seen, it was the end of the world for me for a few days. And then I just, I, I kicked back in and I was like, you know, it's, things are going to be okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maven, obviously, you're most known to a lot of us. You burst onto the scene with Tough Enough. Um, I absolutely loved Tough Enough when it first came on to uh, to our screens over here in the UK. Um, did you think that Tough Enough would have the impact on your life that it's actually had to this point? Well, I, I, it's weird. I knew that if I... It, all right, if this is a, a way to answer it, I thought if I won Tough Enough, my life would never be the same. I thought if I lost, 
my wrestling dreams would probably be over. And that I was, I, I was probably wrong about because I see guys like Chris and Josh who went on and a lot of other guys who went on to, um, you know, to uh, careers even after, um, you know, they, they didn't win tough enough. So it was weird. I was like all or all, all or nothing. If I won, then yeah, my life will be different. If not, yeah, I'll get a regular job again, which that was probably incorrect, but you're right, man. If you watch during the, the finale of Tough Enough, they say my name, and for a split second, you see me kind of lower my head, and that was just me literally. I still remember thinking nothing will ever be the same ever again, and it truly hasn't been. What made you want to apply for Tough Enough in the first place? I mean, obviously, you've, you've answered probably loads of questions about the process and what it was like winning and then getting into the WWF, WWE. But what was it for you? Did you Were you just like a lot of yeah. people? Did you just grow up as a crazy wrestling fan? And, I mean, Adam's mentioned a few times on our show, he's tried it uh, for like, a, he went and done a wrestling school and lasted all of 10 minutes. It was probably yeah, a little month, bit longer than 10 month. minutes. It lasted a month. month. Uh, sorry, it was a month. Uh, I've ran the ropes once at an independent show we done and I was like, fuck that, this hurts like hell. I'm yeah. never doing this again. But what was your process of you from, from the very first start of it when you thought, you know what? I'm going to apply for this. Let's not get into when you actually went on and won it, but what was the process of you just going to apply for the show? Well, yeah, like you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I was just from, from my early childhood, I was just the biggest wrestling fan. And it, it, it's weird because I know a lot of people, you know, what grow up watching WWF at the time programming, watching the Hulk Hogan's and, and Macho Man's and stuff. I grew up down in the South, you know, uh, in Virginia. I was watching Crockett promotions. I was watching guys like Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, a guy I actually got to see a few months ago, and I got to thank him for just inspiring me, Magnum TA. Oh. You know, uh, I, I, I was just the biggest fan. It was the one thing that even as a child, and I'm talking like a seven or eight-year-old child, my, my mom would let me stay up till two in the morning and watch it. And so I was just always a fan, obviously. Once I think I got into high school um, and, you know, playing sports, I didn't watch as much. But then, you know, in, in college during the, you know, the, the wrestling wars of the night, late 1990s, to me, which to me is some of the best wrestling ever. And yeah. in college, we had, two we had two TVs set up in my house so we could watch, you know, one was on Nitro and the other one was on Raw. <laughs> and I, I, but I always had buddies that would always be like, man, you could do this because I was like, I could always, I've always been able to talk. Mm. And they were like, you, you, you should, you should learn how to do this. But how do you become a wrestler? Who knows? It's like asking me, how do you become a, a, a marine biologist? I mean, obviously, you go, I guess you go to school, but how do you become an astronaut? Mm. You know, who, how do, who knows? And when, when, when JR said, you know, have you ever wanted to be a wrestler? I was like, yes. And but even then, no part of me thought, yeah, I, I sent a video in almost as a joke. And no part of me saw myself getting picked and much less winning. So, yeah, yeah it's it's been a, it's been a whirlwind ride. I'll be honest with you. And 23 years have uh, 22 years have have went by mighty quickly. Mm. I bet. They certainly do. We're going to just talk. We obviously mentioned uh, toughen up. I'll, I want to know that first night after you won it, when when you had your sort of you know your debut and you're you're back in Gorilla 
And I know you didn't like your entrance music, but a lot of people do. We still, <laughs> we, I've still got it on my iPod. We know for a fact you hated it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but when it that first time live TV, the music hits, what's going through your mind? <clears throat> Just probably the, I would say the most fear I've ever had in, in life. And because, I mean, at that point, if I mess up, it's mm. not, I'm not messing up in front of Al Snow. I'm not messing up in front of, you know, just my trainers. I'm yeah. not messing up at HWA at developmental. I'm messing up in front of the whole world. Yeah. And so there was a, there was a lot riding on that. And I knew they wanted to do a tough enough too. If I mess up, it's harder to pitch a tough enough too. So yes. just, just ultimate fear followed by just the greatest elation of my life after it actually was done and just being thankful that Taz got me through it. Um, yes. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know like that first match Taz, like he busted my eardrum with yeah. that smack, like for a shoot busted my eardrum. And I, it's, it's, ah, it's weird saying this, but that was like the best injury ever <laughs> yeah. because I felt like I earned it. Mm. And yeah. obviously I didn't come, I didn't complain, but I, I just remember being done with it and, and knowing, okay, now, now I know I can do this. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's like, I, I'll never know what it's like to win a Nobel prize. I'll never know what it's like to, you know, save a life or, you know, have to dive in a body of water with a knife in my mouth to, you know, free some children from drowning. But I know what it's like. Sounds like a reality show that I'd watch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I know what it's I know what it's like to be terrified and 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 get through that and yeah. you know perform in front of millions of people. So I'm yeah. happy about that. You mentioned there, obviously, like about, about paying dues and stuff. Um, I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews with the Miz, uh, Mike Mendoza. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the reaction yeah. to you coming through from the boys in the back? Because you hear stories about wrestling, about paying dues, about, yeah. you know, so the Miz, as we all know him now, come through from reality TV. And we heard about mm -hmm. him getting changed in parking lots, in bathroom stalls, and he wasn't very welcome. How was it with you? Because you can't, you went through the WWE process as in it was their show, you applied for it. So you went on their reality show. But when you get there, what's the reaction from the from the old school guys? We'll get onto a little bit of the taker talk later. But obviously we hear things in like we me and Adam have watched wrestling our whole lives. We can't I'm I'm interested in the behind the scenes and the business side of it. What's the reaction from from the boys when they might have viewed some people from reality TV as not paying their dues? What was the reaction to you from the from the veterans of the company? Yeah, and you know what? They 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 wouldn't be wrong. And I knew going into it that there were going to be guys that just didn't like me for whatever reason. Um, but I understood the reason, and you know, it's it's the reason they had was was justified. I had the attitude of if they don't like you, it's not that they dislike me; they dislike the position I was put in. Mm -hmm. And I also said, if I'm here long enough, I can win them over. Yep. If I keep my mouth shut, if I go out, do what I'm told, never, ever bitch. That was my one thing. I'm never going to come back after a match. And if somebody stiffs me, if somebody hits me hard, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And I never did. And I said, over time, I, I just believe in myself enough. I think I can win people over, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I, I would like to say, I, I, for the most part, I think I did. Uh, I mean, yeah, there were, obviously, you know, there were some people that, that, that didn't like it. But they had every right. You know, they had spent their entire lives wrestling in bingo halls and high school gymnasiums in front of 20 people. 
You know, I understood why they were uh, upset, and they had they, they had that right. But I feel like I was there long enough, and to this day, if I'm at a convention or something, some of the people that that hated me from the start, um, and I don't want to give too much away because we just shot a video on it. Um, but I'll, I'll say it, Devon, Devon hated me, hated me, made it known he hated me. Just because and, of the process you had gone through. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And he's probably my best friend in the wrestling business to this day. We talk wow. all the time. I love him like a brother. Um, I would, I, I would, I'd take a bullet for him in the leg, you know? So like it's, I knew I could win these guys over. But at the same time, I knew that what what they felt was justified. Mm. Okay, interesting. Before we get to the rumble and take and all that fun, your first WrestleMania, WrestleMania eighteen, I believe, the first one you had Gold Dust. It was. You met. Yeah. I've been I've had fortunate in my life to been to five or six WrestleManias. Um, but this was WrestleMania eighteen. That week, that I mean, I, I'm guessing it still was like it is when I went. It was at it's not even just a day no more. It, obviously, it's two days. Yeah. But you're you're there. You do all this week. What's that day WrestleMania day like as a wrestler? <clears throat> well, nothing can prepare you for it um, because you know, as a fan, you don't realize what all goes into it. But you're right; it's an entire week. And when I was there, they would fly us directly from Monday Night Raw. And actually, at the time, we were still filming um, SmackDown on Tuesdays. So they would take us directly from SmackDown to that week with Toronto and immediately. And the, the, I mean, from that point, the press starts immediately. The media days, they start immediately. And your time, it, it's pretty full. They, I mean, if, if I had a couple hours to get a workout in, I, I was happy about that. And it's, it's just such a whirlwind. And then leading up to that day, it's hard to believe that that many human beings can be in one building watching something as small as a 20 by 20 ring. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it happened. And I remember walking out and just looking and I, it's just never seen a sea of people. And to think, you know, most of these people are looking at me right now. Mm. It's still, it's still just baffling. And, and I go back and it's probably, I'm probably happy that I get, I, I didn't know what I know now. Because, like, I, yeah, ignorance is bliss in, in a lot of scenarios, that being one of them. Because if I knew what I knew now, I'd have probably been a lot more terrified. Mm. But at that point, I was still just, you know, just listening to it. I was working with good guys, gold dust, I mean, professional. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah, like, I mean, I, he could probably walk a broomstick through a good match. <laughs> and I, I literally was was just going through and – at that point, still not trying to mess up. Mm. And yeah, most people don't realize because everybody wants to talk about the uh, the Undertaker drop kick spot. People mm -hmm. forget to realize I missed the drop kick in the in, on, on that WrestleMania. The one yes. he's holding the trash can, I completely uh, yeah. whipped it. Yeah. yeah. And Vince, Vince chewed my ass as soon as I got backstage. <laughs> he was like, You got one move. You got one move and you miss it. <laughs> um maybe you mentioned him there vince um and obviously at the start of the show we mentioned you as a yeah. fan you're like us and it, a bit like it would be a bit like me uh 
being coached by Joe Gibbs. Uh, I'm wearing my uh, Commanders gear as my man. Uh, do we have to here. get on with that again? He, he is a fellow uh, Washington Commanders Redskin yeah. fan. So in homage, I'm wearing my Commanders gear. But what was it like for you? Obviously, I mentioned there, it'd be like me getting coached by Joe Gibbs. What was it like from you going from, you've gone through the whole tough enough process. You've got it to the WWE. What's it like dealing with Vince McMahon? I mean, we we hear, you've heard, there's thousands of stories about what goes on backstage and like what he's done with talent. You just mentioned that he busted your balls for messing up the one move that you had. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you, though, from you've gone through the tough enough process. You're like, right, I'm here now. Then you've got to deal with Vince McMahon. I mean, how much <laughs> how much hands on did he have in, with Tough Enough, and obviously what went on? But when you've eventually got to the main roster, are you kind of like, holy fucking shit? Vince McMahon literally is hearing Gorilla. At, what was it like yeah. just dealing with him? Because you know, I mean, I, like I've just said, if I had to go and like chat to Coach Gibbs about becoming the quarterback of the Washington Commanders, I'd be like, oh my god, you literally went from being a wrestling fan to learning how to do it. Everyone's dream is to one day walk out at WrestleMania. But what's yeah. it like dealing with Vince McMahon? It's You realize quickly, obviously intimidating, obviously. And great Joe Gibbs reference. Best, you know, oh, thank you, sir. Hey, not many, <laughs> not many coaches has three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. This is true. Yeah. But you, you quickly realize Vince is a businessman. Vince from the very start. Uh, and I don't know how much he, you know, he had input he had on Tough Enough until the very end mm-hmm. because we you know he didn't become a reality to us until the, like the very end process um but once i was on the roster you, you see vince and obviously he is he's backstage at, at, at gorilla at every show um i mean not the non-televised ones but every raw every smackdown every pay-per-view he's sitting right there at the monitor um uh, but vince used to stop me and give me like little pointers here and there and he was always extremely encouraging but if you messed up, I mean, he jumped your ass, mm-hmm. you know, but that's not, that's, I wouldn't expect any less from anyone from any other job. Yeah. You know, if you're not doing your job, you, your ass gets, it deserves to be chewed out, mm. you know, and why, why would I expect less from him? But I've, I've said it in plenty of other interviews. Vince is a businessman. He signs the front of the checks and I sign the back. And like, I, I, I realize that, all he wanted, all he wanted was to go put a good product out. Yeah. Put a good product out that, that people enjoyed that can make some money. And I mean, he took a carnival attraction that started in probably like the 1920s and he turned it into a hundred years later, it's a billion dollar industry. So man's doing something right. Yeah. A multi-billion dollar now. Yeah. yeah UFC yeah. are involved now. Jeez. Yeah, Absolutely. Amazing. Um, let, let's let's talk about that Pacific Royal Rumble then. We might as well. Um, get it out of the way. I'm, sure, the he's way. Never, I'm sure he's never, ever spoke about this. We are, we're <laughs> getting, we're going to get an exclusive here. Yeah. He, um, this will be, be a first. Yeah, the first, yeah. First. first today, maybe. Um, but um, well, there's actually some fan questions that come off of it, so it's probably good. That I've, and I've got them here. So, Andy, I know you didn't get them. I've got them here, so we'll do it. But um, I'm not going to talk about the actual spot itself. But anyone that doesn't know, you can... Go on the WWE Network. You can go on YouTube. Maven eliminates The Undertaker from the Royal Rumble, which is pretty much unheard of. Not many people have yeah. done it, I don't think, in the time, especially not then. The crowd goes nuts. And I think there was a big more nuts with surprise more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, Undertaker then decides to, I think, was it a popcorn thing he threw you through or some kind of thing? It, it was. It, beat the living it shit was out a popcorn. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. He, 
He he hits me with a chair, throws yep. me over the barricade, beats my ass up the stairwell to the two hundred section, and throws me through a popcorn machine. <laughs> yeah. so, As you do on yeah. pay per view TV. Um, I know that you and Undertaker yeah. had a few uh, uh, gentlemen jacks, shall we say, <clears throat> a few shots yeah. of the uh, JD, um, one of my favorite drinks when I when I was younger. Um, what was it like? Because obviously Royal Rumble, it, normally he's Pat Patterson's baby. He's normally, he's the one that's on it. When you get there, two things. Number one, you find out you're eliminating The Undertaker. And number two, uh, how, sorry, number one, how was that? What, what was going through your head when that, when you got that? And how was The Undertaker backstage with you at the time when obviously you've got to plan this stuff out? <clears throat> My reaction immediately was, because I didn't know. They told me um, Les Thatcher the day before in HWA. I was just in HWA training. Yeah. And a couple of the guys I was training with were like, yo, they might, because I mean, we were just coming off tough enough. I think I'd been on televised programming four times at that point or three times. And they were like, yo, they might bring you in for the Rumble. And I was like, I don't know. And then Les told me, you're going to the Rumble in Atlanta. You're flying out tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. But of course, I thought, guest spot, run in. Take a couple, you know, throw a couple punches, get thrown out, and be done with it. And when I got there, and and they, I think I got there around like like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and they immediately were like, "Go to the ring now. Um, you need to see, you know, see Shane and Taker." And they were at the ring. And when Shane told me, you know, Taker looked at me and went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God!" Like I was like, "Fuck!" He doesn't, he doesn't know. And he was ribbing me, but. The fact that, I mean, anything like that has to be run by Taker. Hmm. From that moment on, he became, like, he went immediately into that mentor mode. He almost transitioned to, like, Al Snow was for me um, because, obviously, he knew how terrified I was. But that rest of that day, you know, he was just making sure I was calm, which is where the Jack Daniels came from. He made, <laughs> He just took care of me that day to where – when I went out, he said, he told me, he was like, he was like, you have one job. You hit me with that drop kick. He's like, cause that's the one thing I can't, I can't control. Everything else he was in control of. He was like, if you miss the drop kick, I can't do anything about that. He said, you just hit me with that. I'll take care of everything else. And he was right. That was the only thing I really had to do. Um, and that's why I, I mean, I kicked the shit out of him. I laid it in, you know, <laughs> cause with his back turned to me, if I, if I would have whiffed him, if I would have missed him, he could, wouldn't have been able to sell it. And, mm-hmm. and it just would have looked like shit. And the fact that it looked, the fact that, you know, this many years later, it still looks like a good spot, you know, awesome. you know, makes me happy. But yeah, all that subsequent stuff afterwards, man, I'm on cloud nine. Him hitting me with the chair. I was, I, I was happy about that because I hit the drop kick. Once yeah. that was over, Everything else was cake. Selling, getting punched, going up the barrel. Easy. All of it. Easy. Yeah. Popcorn machine, easy. Because <laughs> I hit that drop kick. Well, well, just think about it. If, well, hey, if I miss the drop kick, like let's say I whiff it. Let's say I whiff it. Mm. And then Taker's stuck in there. How's he getting out? I'm not clotheslining Undertaker over the damn top rope. No. <laughs> how, the, how the hell is he getting eliminated? Yeah. So... Well, I only thing I, I don't know that, but what I do know is my bags would have been packed when I got back to <laughs> to developmental. Yeah. So that's the only thing I was worried about. And once that happened, I was like, all right, Kate, this rest of it's Kate. 
Let's do it. Um, one of the, it's not even a fan of, and it's not even a fan of the show. It's actually one of our. We we partner with a wrestling company over here in the UK called Ignite okay. Pro. We've done it. We've run our own event with them. We've now got our own title, which was the first winner was won on Sunday. But the the owner of uh, Ignite Wrestling uh, Pro, CJ Carter, actually sent you a question, and it was kind of like after that because it was a big, huge moment. You eliminated Undertaker. Yes, you got your, your ass handed to you afterwards. Hmm. And it could have looked like it acted as a springboard, but it didn't kind of, you know, didn't necessarily go apart. Obviously, you had the thing with gold does. Do you think they could have they could have done more with it going forward after that stage, or, or are you happy with what it was? <clears throat> no, I'm no, I'm happy. That's a great question, actually. I think it would have fell flat if it was they would have mm-hmm. tried to do too much because then they would have just been putting too much on me. I think it, it made sense to mm-hmm. say that I, you know, I've gotten this far. I think, and I did it at at WWF New York at the time. I think I went out and I said, I've gotten this far, I've done this much, but there's obviously stuff I need to learn. So I'm going off to developmental, which was 100% true. And I think that, you know, I think it made sense that it's almost like, you know, hey, we'll go back to the uh, to the football football analogy. I, whenever uh, there's a, a quarterback that gets drafted and they put him in, throw him in too early, I'm always 100% sure he's going to fall flat on his face. But if someone You're a Washington fan, you've look, seen a lot of them. A hundred percent. But if, if if someone gets to sit like Aaron Rodgers did behind yeah. a legend like Brett Favre for Brett three Favre, years, yeah. then by the time he comes back, you know, it's it's he's a little bit more ready. I needed to be polished a little bit more. Um, so, but then again, I went and they called. I was only there a couple in developmental a couple months when they called me up mm. to start working with Taker again to do the uh, to, for the the you know the we did the uh, the hardcore title. And then I, I mean I think probably six months later I was on I was on the road full time. Yeah. You um, know, and yeah. One, and here's one, funny, one question. You know um, what I will hey, you know what I will I will it's funny. Like most guys when they're in developmental, they like get told they can leave developmental. Like you're done. Like you're a I just stopped going. <laughs> like I was like I was on the road. Just didn't turn up. And, yeah, like I was I was like it was like I want to say probably like three weeks in a row that I was on the you know, house shows and whatever, and I was like, I'm not like, like I want to go home. I don't. You know, I want mm. some time off. So I just stopped going. No one <laughs> ever said anything about it ever, <laughs> like ever. And I That's was so fantastic. shocked because I was like, God, they're gonna jump my ass and ask me where I'm at. No, no one ever said anything ever. Yeah. Wow. There, I don't know how that was possible. <laughs> There's one more question. We got a, we also sponsor it, uh, sponsor wrestlers over here in the UK and Wales, actually. And this comes from one of the uh, wrestlers in Wales, actually. And they've got the best tag team name in the Well, we love the tag team name. They're called Beers and Beatdowns. So that's that's love a great it. love great it. Name. And great we name. talk about the Royal Rumble, and he said. Can we ever expect to hear Mercy Drive a Royal Rumble uh, in the, when, and you come running out? Oh, my God. More? Please tell me that could happen. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, it's not like I'm not open to it. But I, I do know that at 46, I definitely, if they wanted a drop kick, I don't throw them as well anymore. <laughs> you make sure yeah. you stretch backstage properly, maybe, and if you get the yeah. call out for this year's Rumble. I would be terrified to end up like Shane, poor Shane did at May. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Geez, you know, oh, my God. Like, that's that would be just, I don't know. I just know that, that, like, that most things in life don't get better with age other than wine. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's, 
if I were to ever do anything in the business again, I can take an occasional bump, you know, and but I would hope it would be more of a mouth where I can run my mouth, you mm -hmm. know, rather than these kids these days, man, they're just too athletic. Like they're just too good. Yeah, like they're doing, they, they, they do shit that I'm just like, I, I wouldn't try that in a pool. <laughs> like Rick, like those flips Ricochet does. I literally, I wouldn't try it in a pool. Yeah. And yeah, just so I'm like, wow, I had my run. I couldn't do that. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Um, one question I'd be interested to know, Maven, it'd be, um, do you, we've obviously, we've got WWE NXT now, uh, and mm -hmm. it's been great for Becky Lynch, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, yeah. etc. Once Tough Enough was done, do you think if something like an NXT was around, that would have benefited not just you, but future people that are coming out of Tough Enough? If they've got into what is now WWE NXT, because I, I do feel a little bit sorry for sometimes. So a lot of the people that come out tough enough, they're just like you said, next thing you blink and you're on the main roster. You're like, hang yeah. on a minute. Do you think that the longevity of tough enough and people that have come out of tough enough would have lasted a little bit longer if you could have gone into like, what is WWE NXT now? Absolutely. I just think, I think there's a lot of um, benefit of just being, being put on a live broadcast. Mm-hmm. They, they, and when when I was in developmental, I mean, we at HWA, we would go travel every Sunday to OBW to do our live show just because they wanted us to know what the, the pressure of being on live television was like. Mm -hmm. I think that would have benefited everybody. I think, you know, more more you might not have had so many people quit tough enough just because it got hard. If yep. they knew something like NXT existed somewhere they could go start making money immediately and have a platform a pretty big damn platform too all nxt is all nxt is is early days ovw yeah you know just with with the volume turned up because yep. that we were doing that in ovw back in you know 2001 but just at a very very smaller and and a lot less uh pro, you know produced clip yeah, and Al you know, Snow's still doing I, it now. If you look at the Netflix documentary, he's yeah, still I, doing I, it now. I binged that documentary over the weekend. It's mm -hmm. amazing. I, yep. Like, Al's just go Al's gold. Like, anybody that – if you don't like Al Snow, the problem's with you, not with Al. Like, I can promise yep. you that. And, mm -hmm. like, he's just such that father figure role. And, and to show that, I watched it, and I binged it all last weekend, and I texted him, and I was like, great story. I was like, you guys told a story that needed to be told. And he replies to me, Thanks, kid. He's like I'm 46, and he still calls me kid. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yes, NXT would have been a welcome site. We had NXT, just a less produced one, but it was yeah. called OVW at the time, and okay. there was not the money. And it was like because I went a couple years ago down to the training facility in Orlando. It, it's across. If you took a professional sports franchise like their training facility. And if you took all that and put a wrestling ring, uh, several wrestling rings in there and a studio, that give, there's NXT. I couldn't believe it. They had full gym. They had a hairdresser there. It's you don't like, need that, mate. I'm everything. not going to lie, mate. You don't need that. Yeah, brother. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, this looks good. This looks, yeah. Hey. Yeah, that, that, you, two, you two definitely don't need to go to the NXT hairdresser. <laughs> we do not. This look has been the easiest look I can think of since tonight. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, great! Stuff. I just need to ask a question because I've always wanted to know this. Being obviously, I've been to WWE events, but there's nothing like standing in that square circle. When you're when you've got a match, say, and 
someone like Triple H's music hits and you're standing opposite way. What is it like when that come when that music hits and he comes out, he does all that water for the person? Because obviously you, the Undertaker was more of the biker Undertaker when you were there. Mm. So I don't know. Obviously, we've spoken to people about when the Undertaker comes out in the hat and the coat. But what's it like with like a Triple H when he comes out and you're standing across the ring and watching that? <clears throat> Can I give you a different example? Go for yeah. it. I have Ric Flair. Okay, Ric Flair, Rick, go for it. And here's why I use Rick. So, like I said, or like I mentioned earlier, Rick, I mean, I was watching Rick and I was emulating Rick in the way he cut promo, you know, at seven years old. And the first time I ever wrestled him live, like one-on-one, was in Dallas. And it was in the American Airlines Arena at a house show. And, you know, I, I go out, my music, and then Rick comes out. And the minute that you hear those horns and the wah, and then Rick's coming out, I'm transformed back to being a child. And I'm standing there like this. <laughs> and Michael Kyoto, the ref, comes up to me and whispers in my ear, stop being a fan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And like probably for 30 seconds, I'm just literally, I, to me, I had the best seat in the house. Mm. Yeah, I'm not wrestling the guy. I'm not working with him. I just I'm a, I'm trans transformed back to being a fan, and wow. you know, guys that you know Hunter's Hunter's entrance was always cool watching. And the best part about that isn't watching their entrance; it's watching and listening to the crowd reaction. Yeah, because you can go from like uh, just a steady low decibel roar to I mean just an ear shattering just just blast of noise with something as simple as breaking glass or rock saying if you can if you smell or yeah. that guitar or that guitar for hunter boom you know immediately and it's it's quite magic to think that you can elicit that reaction from human beings with something just as simple as an entrance you know and you can get that many people to do exactly what you want and react the exact way you want that's you know that that to me is the magic of, of and that's why it, wrestling's hard to get out of your system because yeah. once you leave it there you're not going to get it back i walk into this office daily and they they yeah, head, there ain't no music going off ain't nobody <laughs> yelling all the staff there in. just lined up waiting to cheer you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um nobody's yelling, um... yelling for me what's the um what's surprised it double i've got kind of a double sorted question here what was the one thing that surprised you most about the wrestling business? And now that you've been involved in this great the industry that we all love, just as fans, what advice would you give to people now that are trying to get involved in it? But yeah, first of all, what, what surprised you the most about this industry? The, the, by far the, the time. Just, mm. and, and I, I mean, my, I, I've said it before, my accountant did my taxes one time and I think I had like 100 days off. And one fourth of those days were travel days. Like I literally would travel half the day and get home. And so, I mean, if you can count that as a day off, sure. But it just, if we would have two days at home, that would be, that was a lot. And then a lot of those times you're doing media days and you're doing interviews and, you know, and just trying to you know, pump town. So yeah, people see, people get to see, you know, a couple hours a week. Yeah. Of what goes into a, a lot bigger of a production. And then just, I mean, the, just the whole travel aspect of it. I, during Tough Enough, Stone Cold said something that it took me a while to figure out, but he was 100% right. He said, they don't pay me to wrestle, they pay me to travel. 
Yeah. And this was at the time when wrestling to me was still terrifying. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard. But then eventually once I finally learned psychology and I learned, you know, how to put matches together and what to do and wrestling became the easy part, then I was like, yeah, he's hundred percent right. I, I don't like I don't dread the wrestling. The wrestling's the fun part. The traveling's what I dread. Knowing that I have to be in Albuquerque by way of Charlotte and the Charlotte layovers two hours and and if I miss my if I miss my connection there, my God, I don't have a clue how I'm gonna get to Albuquerque. And then I, let's hope, pray my bags get there. And if they don't, then you know the next <laughs> night I gotta go. I gotta you know drive to Yuma. And if my if I'm in Yuma and my bags are in you know Albuquerque, how am I figuring that one out? Just a lot goes into it that yeah. you just you don't realize that these guys you know when you're watching, you don't realize they're still human beings and yeah. you know we still. Yeah, guys, your bad stuff still happens to us. You know, you know traffic jams still happen. Mm. I remember we left the show one night, and it, it was a it was a modest two hour drive. Well, it was a two hour drive before we were stuck in a five hour traffic jam from a, a wreck. Oh. And you know, and and it's just like that. Just you know, that makes a, a seven hour drive to next town. It makes for a long night. So yeah. just, that's the stuff that that you would have never guessed. That, that's the stuff they don't tell you about when you're training. And no. what was the second part of that question? Uh, yeah, so obviously now it's gone kind of full circle. What advice do you give to people wanting uh, yeah. to get into the business? Obviously, you know, you went through the you know the tough enough process. Obviously, I'm not just going to say it's easier now, but you've got NXT, you've got people coming up from the indies. There's a lot more indie. But people must have come to you and said, look, maybe I want to get involved in this industry. What advice are you now passing forward from the experiences that you had? Get good training. Find a good school. Find someone like a Brian Myers who has, uh, you know, Creative Pro and you know, Devon School is great. Booker's School in Houston. Get somebody that that isn't just trying to take your money. That knows and can, you know, because if you have, if, I mean, if you have talent, you know, you want somebody that can put you in front of the right people. I know for you know Brian Myers, who a good buddy of mine who I do a lot of work with. I mean, he trained MJF, and look at, I mean, look at him. I can I can make a strong argument that MJF's the best heel in the in the world right now. I can make a very strong argument with that, you know. And I mean, and think about it. He started at a you know a small wrestling school in Long Island, and but I think it was a combination of getting the proper training, um, having the um, the right contacts that Brian had to be able to put him in front of. You know, and, and Max passes, same one, same train at the same place, and look at both these guys. And then just taking what they had and being able to 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 translate that into something that the uh you know that the audience would want to see. But I, I like I've done so many indie shows, so many indie shows since you know my departure from WWE, and there's good wrestlers there that probably just didn't didn't have the right training or maybe yeah. someone who had a great look and they're the shits in the ring and it's just because they they just didn't have the right people showing them what to do yeah you know and they 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 made it you know, go into somebody's backyard learn like you said learn how to hit the ropes and then they think they're a wrestler well it took us weeks to learn how to hit the ropes you know yeah. we didn't even touch the ropes for weeks so there is a process to all this. And so just find a good school, find a reputable school, find somebody that you know, if you do have what it takes, can transition you from that unknown to, you know, hey, this guy might be someone that we want to, you know, want to take a look at. Mm. 
Last question about wrestling before we move on to YouTube and that success. Um, uh oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. There was a, there was a little, um, you, you spent a little bit of time with TNA. Uh, you done a little bit of uh, running there with, with Jeff Jarrett. Was there ever anything, was there ever anything more than just those shows or was there actual interest there at the time to bring you in? <clears throat> well, uh, if there was interest, I never heard. I, I mean, I, I would talk to him at that, you know, at those shows and everything, mm-hmm. but I was transitioning, you know, tra- just, and I, I don't want to say I was bitter towards wrestling, you know, because obviously I still loved it. And I still wanted to do it. But, you know, I also I had interest in other other avenue. I wanted to, you know, I like I, I know I liked entertaining and I know I liked hosting and I know I like I wanted to just dip my toe into other, um, you know, other opportunities. And I'm glad I did. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, and you don't think this when you're when you're young, but you you always think ah, wrestling will always be there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, because there was even an opportunity for me to go back to WWE, and I, I, I didn't, and it was my choice. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, but, but at the time, I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, I can go back another time, and then all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm 45, and I'm like, oh shit, and I couldn't do it <laughs> if I wanted to now. When, but when, when hosting, probably, you know, you can do that up until you, as long as you want. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed doing those, and I, I. I, I learned how to actually wrestle in those shows. Those were the first shows where I didn't have time constraints. I didn't have a, st- a stiff six minutes that I had to go out with entrances. Yeah. Um, and I got to work guys like Billy Gunn and, and, and D'Lo and Rhino. And we wouldn't call matches backstage. We would call oh. a few spots, you know, wow. call the heat, call the, call a, um, and then call the finish. And then and when you learn how to do that, then you're actually learning how to work. Because what you have to do then is you have to listen to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the crowd, the crowd will tell you what they want. I was working Billy one night, and he told me, like, oh, he's like, cut a promo. And by the time he came out, I had these, I had this place hating me so much. He looks at me, he goes, man, we ain't doing nothing tonight. And it's like, <laughs> you know, but if we had called a big, long, extravagant match back there, then it might not have been as good as it was. So. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the time I got to spend there because I feel like I actually got to learn just more about wrestling. Yeah. Mm, cool. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Here comes now the big success, YouTube. I'm not saying you wasn't successful. Oh, God. So you've had YouTube what, a couple of months now. And as you corrected me earlier on, 106. I, I, I love how you guys think it's a, think it's a, it's a success. It's still too early for me to call it success. If we had 106,000 uh, subscribers. Yeah, I mean, how many we got? And we think we're doing well. We'd, we'd be singing Shane McMahon's song around the house in our pants, to be quite frank. Um, well, I, I might. You do know, <laughs> you, do know subscri- you do know subscribers as all as an ego play. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, that's, that's one thing I've learned. But thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you so much. No, it is it is really good, and congratulations for that. What what started this all, and, and how did you end up, you know, coming about? Because I've seen quite a few clips. I've seen when you've kind of pulled a wrestler out of the, the, the bit of paper, and it was like Shawn Michaels, and you went on and explained about what he was like. Yeah. What made you sort of do that, and how did it all come about? <clears throat> well, it wasn't it wasn't my idea. If you would ask me six months ago, if you would have gave me a crystal ball and told me six months ago, um, you'll have a YouTube channel with over a hundred thousand subscribers. I would have laughed in your face, you know, because that's just, I just, I'm not the social media guy. I'm just not. I had a guy contact me who had a couple, several uh, successful other YouTube channels. And he sent me a very nice message saying, Hey, Maven, 
You know, I'm, I'm so-and-so. I run these channels. I make this much per month, which got my attention. <laughs> he was like, I've always wanted to do, he's like, I've always had an idea of doing a, uh, a wrestling, a, a wrestling channel with the former WWE wrestler. Love to run some ideas by you. And like literally the money that he told me he made, that got a Zoom call with me. <laughs> and so we set up a Zoom call for the following week. And we literally, he, he told me this idea and everything he said made sense. He was like, listen, he's like, wrestlers do it wrong. He's like, all wrestlers want a podcast. And he's like, in podcasts, they're just, they're just overdone. You know, everybody's got one. And um, if you do a podcast, it's, it's just going to get just swallowed up. No offense. And I'm like, none taken. He's like, I've got an idea of let's give these people, let's, let's make people YouTube content about wrestling rather than making wrestling videos and putting them on YouTube. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And we, I mean, I did my homework for probably a good month and learned. And you know, he, he you know he showed me obviously guys like Mr. Beast and you know stuff. And you know, you find out little nuggets and bits and pieces on how they manipulate the algorithm to get people to stay through the whole video and shit like that. And, and it's literally, it's literally just trying to put something different out that other wrestlers don't do. That, but I hope other wrestlers do do. I hope other guys follow my lead. You know, hell, my success can only help other people's and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If Matt Cardona comes out, puts a good video out, hell, it might lead, it might lead to my video next. So somebody that doesn't know me might might stumble on my shit. So, yep. yeah, that that's the like, and then all right. So then this guy's out from he's from out Midwest and he flies in. And uh, I mean, our first meeting, we were sitting down. We were, our goal was to get eight to ten videos filmed, and we got about I would say eight, eight done. But we just still didn't know what we had. And then about a month into film, you know, editing them, he calls me and he's like, "Yo, I think we're on to something here." And and the rest of it's just been a whirlwind. We've met three times. We've we've gotten together three times to film, and the next time I'm actually going out to his place to film and. I, yeah, it's. I still can't believe it. Like I'm still waiting to put a video out and like eight people watch it, and I'll be like, okay, this seems this seems more like it. <laughs> yeah, we should do this. Like we've, we've got the we've got the best series on podcast. We've got the top ten series, man. That's the yeah, best. best top tens. That's us. That's that us. we love our top. We, 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 it's crazy though about YouTube. I, mean, I remember the first time we had like over five hundred people view our one of our shows that we done. And I'm like, Adam, you know, over five hundred people have viewed this in like twenty four hours. He's like. I can't believe it. And you're, it is, I'm, like you may have been, I was like, we're just two dudes talking to former yeah. wrestlers or we just review Raw or we review SmackDown or AW or we're just dudes to, talking to be, into yeah. our microphones. <laughs> to be yeah. fair though, it was about, sorry, it was about CM Punk being fired. That was literally, oh, that video that blew up. Yeah, yeah, that went mad for yeah. us. Yeah, that went absolutely. Well, and there's certain stuff that he's taught me that you can put in the title. Like, and he told me, he was like, he, I think he thought he was going to hurt my feelings when I have no ego. He told me, he was like, yeah, we're not going to use your name for the title. Maven reacts to. He's like, no one's going to click on that. But WWE, WWE wrestler reacts to. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, now we're, now we're getting people's interest. Yeah. Yeah. It's just small things like that. Or the thumbnails. I feel like the biggest idiot in the world when we're taking the pictures for the thumbnail, but they work. Yeah, they yeah. fucking work. Like they they're so work. stupid. They're so stupid to me, but people react to them. And you can get people that literally will click on your video because of a thumbnail. 
yeah. and just all other small little things that you tweak. Like, all right, here's a here's another good for instance. Like you said, list videos do really well. And yeah. when when I when he told me that, I was like, holy shit! Then I started thinking the people I watch. I watch list stuff all the time. Yeah. Because I want to know what number one is. I want to know yeah. so bad, you know? It's our favorite. And, it's one of our favorite things to do. We do them yeah. on, like, weekly. Adam's got about 100 of them coming out of his ass that he messages me every week about, <laughs> we're doing this one this week. I think yeah, this week's our top 10, top 10 heels or top 10 baby faces, yeah. you know? Yeah. And do something, sm- and do something like, snide in the beginning where you're like, yeah, today we're going to be talking about our top 10, top 10 heels and it's uh, a little hint number one might be one that you disagree with uh, just something, to, <laughs> yeah. something to something to make the people say well fuck now i gotta now i gotta see who number one is yeah that oh, we should just, just um, go on yeah i just say something small small and insignificant like that because what i've learned about the youtube is it's all about it's all about time on mm. like when they like because i look and see how they figure out how they pay you it's all about how people spend on your channel. That's all they care about. Yeah. Do people and, and how much do people spend on certain videos? Mm. Like, and it's funny you mentioned that because we put our first video out and I'm scared to look. Like even to that to now, I'm <laughs> terrified to look. But I looked and I was like, it was like 571 views on our first video. And that yeah. blew my fucking yeah. mind. Yeah. I'm like five, like, because like I'm not egotistical enough to think that a million people woke up two months ago wondering what I was doing. No, no, there's no way. But, and I text him and I'm like, yo dude, 571 views. And he's like, nah, I'll let you know when, when, when we really have something here. And the next morning it had blown up and it was like, and I couldn't believe it was like 120,000. And I just like had to take a double take at it. Yeah. And then my phone starts seeing going off, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is real." <laughs> uh, hopefully, that'll be us when we put this video about you, Maven. We'll yeah. email you and be like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and, and like, and I feel bad because like I'm still not that big of a draw. People just like the channel, and I think uh, they, it's an amazing I, channel, brother. You don't put yourself I, down. It's a great channel. Well, I think we're just. I think we're providing a need. Mm. And I think it's like literally, I, I honestly, I think I just had, I got to the idea first and I don't know how, Yeah, like, I don't think there's nothing special I'm doing, but like, we're just answering questions. Like, like how many guys, you know, are going to talk about their own steroid use? I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Like, yeah. I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah. We should, yeah. Um, yeah. we should get, it's easy for our top tens. And then we just get our other colleague Dave to come on. Because his, oh, his top tens are absolutely ridiculous. That boy should not be allowed to watch wrestling sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but don't let him watch wrestling. Yeah. Um, Maven, we're, we're coming out of time. So before we let you go, can you just tell everyone, you know, where can they get hold of you? What's your YouTube channel? What have you got coming up and, and how can they reach out to you? <clears throat> yeah, thank, and thank you. I, I usually I usually don't have anything to promote, but it's weird now I do. <laughs> just, yeah, just go to YouTube and type my name in Maven Huffman. And it'll take you. Um, I don't know how many videos we have. I think we have like eight regular videos, and then and we, we have a, we put a video out every Friday at noon. We actually did an extra one this week, but because I interviewed Chris Van Vliet, so that just went up today yeah. as well. And then on Instagram, Maven Maven Huffman, just yeah, look it up. Um, to, and to all those people out there with supporting the channel, and and just I can't thank them enough. No one's more shocked than I am, and. And no one's more humbled, and it makes me want to, you know, just keep putting out. Now I just I sit and I just constantly, and you know, me and him are we're texting back and forth all the time what we think will make a good video. Yeah, if, if, 
Sorry, if it helps, uh, you know, since you've been on, you've now got to 107,000. So you must have, we must have done something for yeah, you. Yeah, we've done so. It must be, it must, it must be your bald head. Wow. You they probably think a you formed a tag team in Maven. Hey, if you guys got me a thousand views in an hour, we're going on next week at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. But uh, Maven, thanks so much uh, for coming on. Someone, people told us when we started doing this kind of thing, they're like, you're going to meet some wrestlers. They're just going to be blunt. They're going to be, you're not going to enjoy it. I can tell you my hand on heart, I've absolutely loved this hour. Yeah. Uh, you're one of the nicest guys that we've actually had on this channel uh, i humbly humbly mean that uh, i'm so good i'm so glad to see you doing well with the youtube i've followed all your career throughout from tough enough um you're more than just a kick in the back of, as to the undertaker uh the content oh, that you're putting you. out is truly and and you're a washington commanders fan it doesn't get much better than that it does not it does not and you i'm gonna hold you to that i want to go on your podcast about the commanders uh, brother, I will get the I'll get the contacts. I will I will yeah. email you. I'll email you tomorrow, man. We'll make that happen in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> that sounds good, <laughs> guys. It was my pleasure. Um, I I love the fact that I'm able to just uh you know, extend you know, what we're doing to to where you guys are at. I'm sorry it's raining there. That's a shocker. Oh, <laughs> breaking oh, news! Man, yeah, you yeah. might as well tell me water's wet. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, um, thank you so much, man. I the. The fact that you said that, I promised my mom before she passed, she made she was like, don't you ever change no matter what comes. And I, I, I'm i a man of my word. And I, I I hope that I'm still the same guy I was before all the wrestling stuff started. I hope. And, oh, man. I'm just, uh, uh, we need to get you over that, to the UK, a few wrestling conventions, brother. We need to get you over here, man. I, I, I'm... I, I can be uh, I can be talked into it. I promise you that. We'll sort that out. But Maven, thanks so much, my friend. It really means the world to us. Good luck with everything that you're doing. Thank uh, I, you will, I will email you tomorrow and we'll talk some Washington Commanders. Uh, we're going to do that. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. Yeah. I've been your host, Andy Burrows. That's been Adam McCousins with the amazing Maven. Maven, you can take us out if you want. You can take Yo, us out. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hit the, hit, hit the turnbuckle, guys. I be honest, I didn't know about your stuff until uh, we agreed to do this a few weeks ago. But you guys do some good stuff, and hey, you got a new fan and a new subscriber in me just from just from this. So, guys, make sure you're checking out hitting the turnbuckle. Check out not only my interview but all the interviews. Check out their top tens and join me because if we're good, we did a thousand subscribers this week, I'm coming on with them again next week. <laughs> guys, thank thank you so much, and take care of yourself. Will do. Take care of yourself, Adam, all right? I will do. Buckle down, everybody. Stay safe. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. <laughs>